Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter How It Works on page 59, commenting on the steps. Today's readers are Sally, Sharon, Michelle, Fran, Rose, and Margaret. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, August 6th, is 4917. Again, that's 4917. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Rose to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning. This is Rose. Uh, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Rose. I will now call on Margaret to read the 12 traditions, please. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Margaret Kay in South Jersey. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name in any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 
intent of Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 59 in the chapter How It Works. Uh, discussing the steps, and I will ask Sally to please get us started. Thank you, Amy. Good morning, Edition, for you. This is Sally from South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. I'm going to stop there, and uh, it's um, Sally from South Jersey, recovered. And I'm just going to... uh, start by saying that um, because I want to only give an overview of this um, the bottom of page 63 it says next we launched out on a course of vigorous action we're talking about step four today Uh, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning which many of us had never attempted though our decision was a vital and crucial step it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocked, which had been blocking us. And that's on the top of page 64. So step four um, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Um, over and over in the next couple of pages, it will be saying, uh, will be saying things like, uh, we made a fact-finding and fact-facing moral inventory of ourselves. And these things, again, take the same rigorous honesty that it took for us to reach step four. Um, step four, when we take a look at the, uh, the different ways that step four is actually um, taking care of the way we actually do the writing of this, we take a look at um, our resentments, which deal with our past. The fact that the past didn't go my way is something that's talked about. Um, We talk about our fears, and our fears refer to our future, um, the fear that our future won't go my way. And um, then we talk about a sex conduct, which is dealing with the most difficult of our relationships. And um, this is dealing with our present and how we are dealing with our relationships. So um, step four is very, uh, it's rigorous, it's... um, I love the way it uh, eventually it talks about um, how it's done on a commercial basis, how it should be done commercially. Um, I love the fact that they um, kind of look at my life and say, gee, you know, commercially we go into the stock room and we take stock of everything. Um, why don't we take stock of our lives and take a look at what's happened in the past, what's, what our fears are for the future and, and what we're looking at right now? Um, and then in step five, we admit to God 
to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Um, here again, um, I'm reminded of the just a few paragraphs back when we were talking about rigorous honesty and um, how it says in the middle of that first paragraph, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Um, so in that first paragraph, you know, it talks about honesty, rigorous honesty a little bit lower, and then the very last word, to have the capacity to be honest. This, um, these steps do require uh, rigorous honesty, and honesty with God, honesty with ourselves, and uh, honesty with another. And um, just before I end, I just want to say, um, in terms of doing my own steps, um, this, this I've done the steps four times in, in various ways. Um, last year was the first time I did the steps according to exactly how the big book mapped out doing the steps. And what was most amazing to me in the process of my own um, process of being rigorously honest is that I had to at first be rigorously honest with God. When I got to step three, I was blocked. And that's what these steps are all about, getting us unblocked. When I got to step three, I didn't realize I was so blocked by my anger at God. How do you tell God I'm mad at you? Okay, I'll forgive you. I mean, that's just so um, backwards. But that's what I had to do. I had to get unblocked. I had to get honest with God and tell God, I don't like you. I'm mad at you. I, I, I don't really want to hang out with you. I know you're there. Um, you know, I have a relatively, you know, good sense of fear that, you know, you could, you know, put your finger out and zap me with lightning. But bottom line is I really don't like you, God. I really don't like how you do business. I don't like how you answer my prayers, that's for sure. And so why would I bother wasting any more time on praying? Um, and that's what this took. This took me getting honest with God and um, admitting to God exactly how I felt so that I could admit to myself oh, this is what's blocking me. And then admitting to another human being because we are only as sick as our secrets. And this has a lot to do about sneaky behavior. More than the food, God knows what a sneak I have been with the food, but being sneaky about my relationships and my uh, just, just being a sneak. I'll just keep it simple. Just being a sneak. And that's where other people are involved. So, I'm going to end with that, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone else like to comment on steps four and five? Monica. Go ahead, Monica. This is Bella. Can I share? Leah. Monica, Monica, Bella, and then Leah. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And she started, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. So we're, we're in the process here of reading through this list of the 12 steps. We took, who are the we? Okay, once again, this is the 100 recovered alcoholics who are going to tell us how it works. They are going to um, give us their experience, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Well, those of us who have been through the process know that they're not suggested. You know, suggested is a polite command. Also, you know, I always like to say, you know, it's also suggested that you wear a parachute if you're going to jump out of a plane, you know. So if you want recovery, it's more than suggested here. But they knew us compulsive overeaters, us alcoholics. We hate to be told by anybody what to do. So they're trying to be nice and not put all the hair up on the neck of our, uh, on our necks here with the word must, but they're saying suggested. Okay, so steps one, two, and three are how we come to trust God. And step one is a conclusion step. Step two is a conclusion step. And three is a decision step. We're making a decision at with step three to try something different, to try some different things, to make a change, to become a better person. And it's very important here, these steps are numbered 1 through 12, and they're numbered for a reason. And we are to do them in the order that they are numbered. 
And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Monica. Bella, go ahead, please. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a compulsive overeater. Wow, I love the steps. Thank God I love them, and it's a miracle. And it's like... It's like 12 steps that comes in a special order. We cannot jump. We cannot do step three before step one, and we cannot do step uh, two before one. It's in an order. And it's very interesting and very important that the step four is to do a fearless inventory of ourselves. Yes, we cannot do it as a step one, because first we have to to accept and admit ourselves the way we are. Because before the program, we only, we know one thing. We know to blame ourselves and to judge ourselves. So if we would do the, the, the inventory as a step one, we only, we will judge ourselves, we blame ourselves, and we put ourselves into a danger zone. So first of all, we have to accept and admit that we are powerless and nothing to do with ourselves, it's like we are human beings, and this is the way that God created us, and it's nothing to do with our smartness, with our uh, good nature or not. This is the way we were born. And then when we accept and admit ourselves and we know that we have character defects and because we all have our own character defects and we know that God is the the higher power, then we are ready to do our fearless inventory. Yes, without a fear. It's like a wash machine when we put a, a clo- any clothes, our shirt, our pants, our socks into the wash machine. We are not thinking about, wow, what the wash machine is doing now to the clothing. We know that the clothes has a stain and the wash machine will take out the stain. And we want to wear again this clothes. And this is the same thing, the fearless inventory. It's, we know that we have a character defect and not because we are not good people, not because we are not smart people, because we are human beings and we want to be better. We want to be better people, to work on ourselves. And the steps is the wash machine. Yes, it's a, it's a fearless. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to judge myself. I just want to work on myself and to be a better person to the society, to myself, to the higher power. And again, it's the we. I cannot do it by myself because I'm not blaming and judging myself. I'm not putting myself in a competition with others. I need the support of the we, of the people. And thank you for letting me share, and by this I will pass. Thank you, Bella. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Amy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And these steps are very specific, and they're written out in very clear-cut directions for uh, our benefit, for my benefit. Um, You know, perhaps the simplest way to think of the 12 steps is a series of directions. It's a series of directions that led me out of the bondage of compulsive overeating to a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Because each step represents a relationship that I am developing with with God, with myself, and with other people. So, of course, the first action step is step four. If step one is a conclusion of the mind, step two, another conclusion of one's mind, step three is a decision, but a decision is useless if it's not followed by immediate action. So step four is the first action step. And remember, when we were in Chapter 4, we agnostics, they were talking about that each one of us has deep down uh, an image of God, that God is deep down within us, but we've obscured it, we've, we've hidden it, we've put up barriers between God and ourselves. So this is what step four is all about. Step four is simply about removing those barriers which obscure God, which, which stand between God and ourselves. 
And so that's what step four is all about. And the urgency, the language that we, we just heard about where we're launching out on a vigorous course of action. Again, the first action step is going to be step four. Why is there an urgency to attend to step four? <laughs> There's an urgency because we're trying to find a way to live. We're trying to find a way to live with peace of mind and serenity and happiness. And every day that we procrastinate and put off Beginning this action step, it's another day we're going to feel restless. It's another day we're going to feel irritable. It's another day we're going to feel discontent. It's another day of being filled with remorse and guilt and resentment and shame. It's another day we don't feel good. And what happens when people like us, real compulsive overeaters, don't feel good? Our mind is going to be able to tolerate that for just so long until it starts seeking relief and thinking about a sense of ease and comfort that we get when we dig our fists down into bags and boxes. So that is the urgency of these steps. There's an urgency. It is ne- it's a necessity to pursue this in the way that we used to pursue our binge foods. And then, of course, it goes on to step five, admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Why is that important? Well, it's important because I can't rely on the information that I gathered in step four as I see it, because I didn't have a good record of the truth. I only have my limited perception. My best thinking got me here. My perception was very, very distorted. So I couldn't rely on my limited, distorted opinion of what I found in my inventory. Step five was getting an outside viewpoint from someone who had been down this road previously, someone who had recovered and had been, had implemented these very same steps. So that was the course of action, steps four and five, first action steps through this direction of these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. I- I'm going to jump in here. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. You know, just to backtrack on yesterday, it says that some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Well, as as Leah was saying, step four is really our first tangible evidence of action and willingness to move forward and being willing to be fearless and thorough and honest. The saying in the rooms is that there's so much more to this disease than meets the mouth. And because of this mental obsession and our twisted thinking, our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors, or I can say my attitudes, my actions, my behaviors were warped and centered around the disease of compulsive overeating. I was not a happy camper. And this idea of the same person will eat again, that's, the, that's why we need to move forward and move through these steps so that we change. We have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And in order to do that, we need to take stock. We need to take inventory of what it is that we have in order to move forward. And so it says here in step four in the 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12, step four is our vigorous and painstaking effort to discover what these liabilities in each of us have been and are. We want to find out exactly how and when and where our natural desires have warped us We wish to look squarely at the unhappiness this has caused others and ourselves. By discovering what our emotional deformities are, we can move toward their correction. Without a willing and persistent effort to do this, there can be little sobriety or contentment for us. Without a searching and fearless moral inventory, most of us have found that faith which really works in daily living is still out of reach. So what are they saying here? That without this inventory, sobriety abstinence, recovery, being recovered, having peace of mind, dealing with life on life's terms without having the food called to me constantly means that this inventory needs to happen, and it needs to happen right away. We go through steps one through three. We make those conclusions. We make the decision, and we decide we're going to be willing to go to any length. Remember what we read. If you want what we have and are willing to go to any length, this is the inventory that needs to happen. And then in step five, You know, we admit it to someone else. We clear the air. We let go of who we were 
as compulsive overeaters and how we want to change. It's our first willingness to really say, as tough as this is, we're going to go ahead and we're going to turn it over to our sponsor or whomever that might be so that we can move on to the rest of the steps. And it's really exciting stuff because once those steps start to happen, once those actions start to happen, freedom starts to come to us. Changes start to happen. Miracles abound. People become recovered. And if I can be recovered, so can you. And with that, I'll pass. And I'm going to move on to Sharon, who's going to read step six through nine, please. Sharon, press star one to unmute, please. Good morning. This is Sharon from Minnesota. Thank you, Amy. I am very glad to be on the line with you this morning. Step six. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. This is, uh, again, these are action steps, and they're talked about in the chapter, in more detail in the chapter, into action. And in these steps, we're going to continue to work on what blocks us, what has been blocking us, what has been keeping us from living in the fullness of life, what has been keeping us from living in comfort in our lives, what has kept us in addiction and disease. So we're going to continue to work on getting rid of the blocks. And in uh, what we're going to find out is that these are working steps, they're action steps, they're doing steps. We're going, to, we're going to put in some sweat equity in our recovery. We're going to actually get down there and get busy, get, keep doing things. As a result of the work that we do in steps six through nine, we can expect to get some results. As a matter of fact, we're promised to get results. So what can we expect to get out of diligently and sincerely working steps six through nine? We're going to get a new attitude. We're going to get a new relationships, a new relationship with God, with ourselves, with others. And we're going to discover the obstacles that block our paths so that as we go forward, we don't continue to get blocked. So this is what we're going to be expecting our eyes are going to be get opened we're going to uh, clean up we're going to find out that in step six we're going to look at willingness are what is are we willing and the and the necessity of being willing i have a sponsee that says that her greatest asset is a willing heart a willing heart and and we work on making sure that we're willing. We are introduced to, in step seven, prayer and the need for God, the need to ask God and to have God. And to and the beauty of step seven for me, and I absolutely love this, and it's, it's that we find out that we have purpose, that we're here for a purpose. And our purpose, is to be of maximum usefulness to God and to others. And then we go into step eight and nine where we continue to look at who we are in the world and clean and recognize that what we do and how we act in the world has consequences. And we recognize those consequences. And eight and nine are really where we see that we have power. We have power to hurt. We have power to affect. And we can then recognize that we want to use that power for good and clean up what where we've used it negatively and then be prepared to use it for good. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon. Uh, This is Sherry from Georgia. Hey, everybody. And I am a compulsive overeater. um, And I am beginning to feel grateful that I am. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what I know today. And also, 
um, you know, have a relationship with a higher power that I call God. But I will say, and I want to go back a little bit to one of the um, one of the ones that read, uh, I think, the first few steps that <clears throat> I, I had to express my anger to God first before I could ever begin to have a relationship with Him because of um, you know, I blamed Him for for not helping me in my life and even as a child and um, uh, that he didn't care and um, anyway you know I just was so angry and I had to pray prayers of anger first before I could ever uh, get any closer to God and I just wanted to express that and I am so grateful for a vision for you thank you I'll pass Thank you. Would anyone else like to share on step six through nine? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, we often talk about step four, that's the inventory, that's the inventory. But this is an inventory process. It's a process, and that process is four through nine. And unfortunately, I think the mistake I made and I see a lot of people make is they stay in step four and they never get to six, seven, eight, and nine. So when Bill talks about, which he always uses business analogies, you know, of a business taking a fast-finding and fast-finding and fast-facing inventory, you know, it says one object is to disclose damage or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. So that is what six, seven, eight, and nine is doing for us. I mean, what would you think of a business that took its inventory, determined what was unsaleable and damaged, and did nothing with that information? And not only didn't get rid of them promptly, but continued to order those products that were unsaleable. And its business continued to go down. So that's why this is so essential that this is a process. We have to understand we can't sit in step four, which many of us do for years, self-analysis. We need step five in order to get that objectivity. And once we discover those character defects, that self-centeredness, that dishonesty, that fear, that self-seeking, that inconsiderate nature, we need to get rid of it promptly and without regret. Without regret. And then what if the person in the business said, well, I'm not going to change my practices. That's what eight and nine is. We are going to take responsibility. Because remember, remember, we have learned that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our trouble. So this isn't about, quote, unquote, blaming ourselves. We have to understand we are the problem. We need to take responsibility for this. And the way that we take responsibility is to continue through this process, to do step four, to take step five, to state six and seven and eight and nine. That is the process that's going to give us the freedom to have the obsession removed. So if we don't continue through this, and at a quick pace, because we're going to find when we read these pages that five, six, and seven is done in one day. The only rest that the big book gives us is after step five, we take an hour to review the first five proposals, the first five steps. And then we immediately take six and seven. And then that next day we make that list and we start to go about and make those amends. So it is a process. So for me, Bill always uses business. You know, one of the gifts I got when I lost my way is I learned how to ski. So what if I made that decision to ski and I bought skis and I bought a cute little outfit and maybe I even signed up for a ski trip to go to Vermont? And I went there, and I never took a lesson. I never put the skis on. I never went down the mountain. I just sat, sat at the bottom of the mountain, got a hot chocolate, sat near the fire, and watched other people do that. But that makes sense. We have to go through. It's not just making the decision. It's not just analyzing, our, our, you know, analyzing ourselves. It's making a list and getting rid of that list promptly because I'm never going to learn to ski unless I put some skis on my feet and take some lessons. And we are not going to become recovered unless we implement these steps and not just analyze them. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on steps six through nine? 
Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Amy. Good morning, everyone. Again, this is Monica, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So, steps four through nine here are our action steps. They are our cleaning house steps. We are going to clean our house. So, in step four... We're cleaning our house here. We're, we're, going, we're going from room to room, every nook and cranny here, and we're digging up all this garbage inside of ourselves. We're, we're cleaning this up. And in step five, we've got all this garbage in the bags here, and now we're taking it out and we're putting it out at the curb. We're going to get rid of the garbage here. We're dumping the garbage. So step six and seven, you know, we're sick of all this garbage and we're ready to have the garbage guys come and pick it up and take it away. We are letting it go. And then with steps um, eight and nine, you know, God has, has forgiven us here for our things. And it's time for us to take more action and to go out and forgive others. To straighten out, you know, finish cleaning our house here. Get it all nice and clean. And another way to look at this is steps four and five, we're getting right with ourselves here with these steps. We're doing that searching, that, that inventory. We're looking at everything. We're looking at things we never knew about. And then steps six and seven, we're getting right with God here. And then steps eight and nine, we're getting right with others. And this is the process of, of working these steps, the actions that we need to take to clean our house, to get right with ourselves, to get right with God, and get right with others, so that we don't have to be restless, irritable, and discontented. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to share on step six through nine? Press star one to unmute. Okay, well, I'm going to jump in here. Again, my name's Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered from Maryland. I mean, what everyone said about step six through nine um, is exactly right. It's that inventory process. And, and by the time we go through step four, five, six, and seven, by by eight and nine, you know, that inventory, that, that idea of who we are and, and what we need to work on should be pretty clear and pretty clear as well that we humbly have to concede to the fact that we didn't just affect ourselves, we affected others and that it's important to go out there and make those amends. But I also want to say, you know, when it comes to page 83 that people talk about the promises of the program, that comes directly after step nine. And it says here, just want to remind folks, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, these, these are the inventory, the action steps of steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the world ser- word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have Amy, star one to unmute. Amy, would you please press star one? I didn't know I was muted. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know where you lost me. Anyone know? <laughs> was I talking or was I still was I still muted? You, you were talking quite a quite a bit, and then just within the last two seconds, had um, been somehow went away. Okay, so uh, continuing on with the promises, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us, and we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And even down here at the bottom, it says we will we will we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we will recoil from a hot flame. These are the awesome program promises that our lives will be transformed, that the food will not only call to us, not anymore, that we won't want it. These are the amazing promises of the program if we work through these steps, if we are diligent, if we are painstaking, if we are thorough. 
That's why we say in the readings, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough because these are the promises that are coming to you if it's done. These are the promises that all of us who have recovered can say have happened for us and that we recoil as if from a hot flame when it comes to the food and compulsive overeating. The food does not call us. These are the freedoms and the transformation that happens through the process of taking this inventory, of making these amends, of joining the human race and being perfectly imperfect people, but moving towards a goal of being more God-centered than self-centered. It's an incredible program. It is an incredible program, and these promises are for all of us who are willing to work these steps. And with that, I'll pass, and I'm going to move on to Michelle to go through steps 10 through 12, please. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Michelle in Missouri, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Thank you, God. Uh, Step 10, continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And so um, we've been given this set of directions, and we've started at step one, and we've built on each step. And um, we've just been, we've just heard the promises that come true for us you know, after we've made those direct amends and we've been painstaking about this process. And so it's, it brings us to step 10, and, you know, we've talked about how each step, I have to be honest with each step. And we talked about honesty um, when I did my inventory. And so now I need to be honest each day as I continue to look for what's going to crop up, what is cropping up to block me from God. And the big book says when, you know, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, it doesn't say if these crop up. And then we ask God at once to remove them. So, again, I've been taught that step 10 is, is on a daily basis practicing steps 4 through 9. So step 4, continue to watch for that selfishness. Um, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. And asking God is praying to God, talking with God, communication with God. So I think about it brings up step six and seven. You know, I'm humbly asking God um, <clears throat> to remove these character defects. I'm entirely ready. Um, I see how selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear is um, causing me to be disturbed. I no longer want to be that person. Um, God has changed me. I've had that psychic change. I want to be closer to God. We discuss them immediately uh, with someone immediately. They're step five again. You know, I want to be clear. I want to be transparent. I want to be connected with others in relationship and make amends quickly um, if we have harmed anyone. You know, step eight and nine, um, do I, is there anybody on that list now today? Who have I harmed? Um, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Um, step 12, you know, I'm getting out of self. It's self that that caused these pre that caused me my problems, created these problems for me. And um and then I love um page ninety and the twelve and twelve been taken to that so many times and it's just a that spiritual axiom, you know, it's a guideline for me. It's a way to stay connected with God that every time um we, I am disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us, there's something wrong with me. Um, and, and that's my little red flag that pops up if I'm disturbed. You know, no matter what I, whatever the cause is, there's something wrong with me. I need to take a look at that. And, um, you know, step 10 is, again, you know, I've had the benefit of going through the steps. I see my patterns. I see my, how my distorted thinking caused my behavior. You know, we say that all action is born in thought. So distorted thinking leads to not-so-good actions. Uh, my behavior, and now it disturbs me. Um, I find it objectionable, and Step 10 um, helps me to do that on a daily basis because, you know, my recovery, being recovered, um, being in connection with God is, you know, dependent. Um, I've got a daily reprieve. It's, it's for 24 hours, and so I need to keep spiritually fit, it tells me, and I keep 
spiritually fit by practicing these steps. And, you know, one way to connect and be connected with God, you know, the primary way of doing that is through prayer and meditation. That's how I stay in conscious contact with the God of my understanding. I need to be in relationship. I found out I didn't have power. I was powerless. I need to plug into this power every day, um, every 24 hours. And, you know, the beautiful um, spiritual awakening that happens as as the result, it's the result of these steps of going through and following these directions precisely as the recovered people have gone before us and then trying to carry this message to others. Um, And so spiritual awakening, that's that psychic change that's happened gradually, slowly for me. I've had the the sort of the educational variety, but it's come, um, and and so so much gratitude that it's come that I want to carry this message. I want to give it away freely. I've had that personality change, you know that that mental obsession has been removed, and I things um, I continue to look for things that block me so I can stay connected to that power, and I have been placed in that place of neutrality. Um, that had, and now I have this design for living 10, 11, and 12, and I want to stay connected. I, I want to stay connected to that power that has transformed me through the process of following these simple steps as, as a guide that has been given to me by recovered people. And it's been, been said so enthusiastically by Amy, you know, I echo too. Uh, these are, it's available for all of us. Um, we just have to be willing honest, open-minded, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Go ahead, Leah. Hiya. Katie. Hiya, I'm sorry. And Leah. Okay, Hiya, Katie, and then Leah. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Hiya, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic. Wow. Uh, Love, love, love that we're not only just reading through the steps, uh, as they're listed, but actually discussing them, I, uh, you know, these are these are steps as as was said that are written in order. They're suggested, like yes, like we suggest that you, you know, wear a parachute if you're going to jump out of an airplane. And um, I was thinking about an analogy that really made sense for me. And um, you know, my husband, you know, the, the the process of the steps, the conclusions, like wow, I can't do this anymore. I am done done, done, done. And then what am I going to do to get to that objective called recovered? I have to do these four, five, six, seven, eight, nine to get recovered. And then how do I maintain being in that state of recovered is through step 10, 11, and 12. And I was thinking about my husband who suffered for years, years of sinus infections. You know, I would get a cold and I'd get over it. He would get a cold and it would go into his nose, into his sinuses, into his chest. He'd have to be on prednisone. I mean, it was a disaster and kept avoiding surgery and avoiding surgery and avoiding surgery. And finally, he met somebody who the problem had been solved. The guy had a very similar situation that my husband. The problem was solved. And so my husband and I went and we searched out and learned more information about what his problem was. And we found a surgeon that could fix the problem. And so my husband had to do a lot of different... So he made the conclusion done. This is not, and the, and the, and the surgeon said, You're, you, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is not just, you know, I prefer it this way. This is dangerous to not fix your problem. And so we concluded we need to fix the problem. And we found someone who we felt could fix the problem. And so he made a decision to have the surgery. And then he had to go do certain things. He had to get blood work. He had to make the appointment. He had to, right, so step one, concluded, problem. Step two, found the surgeon that could, that could fix it. Step three, made a decision to have the surgery. Then he had to do some actions. He had to go and do, you know, like I said, the blood work and the vitals, and he had to not eat the night before the surgery, and all. that's the four and the five. And then he got, he got put out by the drugs, and he went into the surgery, and I saw him two hours later, and he came out, and the surgeon said, take a, take a breath. And my husband said, what's that, what's that cold feeling in the back of my throat? And the surgeon said, that's a breath. That's air that you've never felt before. He didn't even know what he didn't know. And then he had to do certain things to, um, you know, to, to, uh, for the healing process, steps eight and nine. And then you know what he has to do on a daily basis? He has to 
do nasal washes. He has to take a couple of sprays and he has to take some mucinex. And that has kept him in a state of recovered from the sinus thing. If he doesn't do those things, he'll end up with some blockages again. And that's, you know, but did he fix the problem? No. The surgeon fixed the problem. And that's what I feel like step six and seven are, is God removing my defects of character. I didn't do that. God does it. We become willing to let him, and then we ask him to do it. And then we go ahead and we do steps eight and nine, which is to kind of repair, you know, heal, heal. And then 10, 11, and 12 is that continue to wash my passages, right? Keep that pipeline clear. And then you know what? He's been able to tell other people that this worked for him, and we've been able to refer people to the surgeon. So, but did he cure his sinus problem? No. The surgeon did it. So I have a surgeon, the big S, the capital S surgeon, that did this, that, that, that actually transformed me. But what I did is I did the actions necessary. And I'm so grateful. And it's so timely because I'm, I'm actually, I have a few girls that I'm taking through the steps right now that are on step four. I'm listening to a fifth step. I, part of it we listened to on Monday night and the rest of it I'm listening to today. What a gift to be able to witness people transforming. Wow, you know what? I couldn't see my own, I, actually I could see my own transformation. That's not true. In the years prior when I hadn't really tra- truly taken the steps as they're written exactly in the book in a very timely fashion, quick, quick, I didn't really see the transformation. Now, after doing it this way, right out of the book, exactly what it says and only what it says. I witnessed my own transformation, but now I get to witness other people. And that, that is the miracle. And I just have to keep my passages clear by continuing to take personal inventory, continuing to improve my conscious contact with God, and practicing the principles in my affairs, which means with all the people in my life that are not all of you, which is so easy to practice with, with the other people, and carry the message to others. Thank you. Thank you. Katie and then Leah. Go ahead, Katie. Good Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. You can hear me, right? I can. Go ahead. Okay. Um, So I loved steps 10, 11, and 12 because uh, for two reasons. One is it's sort of, um, or to me, you know, when you take that step four, as, as others have shared, people can get stuck in that and stay in it because, they are afraid that they're not doing everything. They're not saying everything. And, you know, I, I've heard uh, the phrase, we don't know what we don't know. And to me, step 10 is um, the solution to that, that, you know, you, you take step four as best you can at that time. And if you don't remember everything, if you ha- aren't able to dig as deep you know, we're like like layers of an onion that you keep um, you keep peeling it back and peeling it back. And step ten is the way to when because it says when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. It doesn't, you know, this um, you know we're always looking as Americans for quick solutions and quick fix, quick fixes. And we think, you know, after living for decades thinking that all I need to do is lose weight and then everything's going to be fine, you know, it's, it's, um, it's overwhelming to think that we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. And, you know, but the promises are, as Amy shared, you know, if we're painstaking um, about this, we'll be, uh, I can't, I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, that before we're halfway through, we will start to see the promises come true. But on a daily basis, I take 10, 11, and 12 because things are going to happen. You know, as I've shared before, in 2004, after I'd been absent for a number of years, my father died. And I had done a lot of work around my relationship with my father, but that, his death brought up a lot of feelings. You know, that happens. Everybody, even normal, regular people, have to go through a grieving process. And that grieving process brought me back to, you know, the beginning of my powerlessness over my relationship with him and and a surrender to the fact that, you know, there was nothing else I could do because he was gone. And, you know, that's what these steps are about is that, you know, we we go through them once and then we get to 10 
and we continue to take personal inventory. And if that means that a certain situation comes up and you have to go back to four again and do a lot more writing about it, it's not because you did something wrong. There's, there's no right and wrong answers to these, um, to these steps, to these questions. It's just a process that we take. And you know, the good news is if we've thoroughly taken step one and two, we have our higher power with us. No matter what life will bring us, no matter what is going to come down the pike, because just because I'm thin doesn't mean I will never get sick, doesn't mean there won't be um, calamity in my life, and I won't have hard decisions to make. But that's why we have this program, and that's why we have these steps. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. All right, Leah, wrap us up. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. Um, well, I mean, we, we often hear the statement, you know, freedom isn't free, whether we're talking about the freedom that we enjoy here in our, you know, in our nation or the freedom of uh, compulsive overeating. It's not free. That's where steps 10 and 11 and 12 come in. I mean, I think it would be remiss to not touch base on page 84 and 85. I mean, now that you know, I've implemented steps one through nine. What has occurred? What has occurred through working steps one through nine? Well, what has occurred is a transformation from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And that puts me at a place that we talk about often here, and that is recovered. Remember, on the title page of this very text, it says a story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. The whole point of moving through the steps in, a, in this pace, quick pace, is to get to a place called recovered where the obsession of the mind has been driven out. It's been expelled. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. The problem has been removed, it says on page 85. It does not exist for us. So that is the result of these action steps. Now, it goes on to say in the following paragraph that, uh, you know, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We're not cured of alcoholism. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent. It's dependent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So how do I maintain that spiritual condition? Well, that's exactly what steps 10, 11, and 12 are about. Step 10 is that the quality of my life is now up to me. Step 10 gives me a lot of responsibility because by implementing those first nine steps, now I've grown up. The steps have transformed me, offered me a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, but, and I have a new way of life. But whatever happens is my responsibility. I can't blame it on other people because external conditions were never the remedy for an internal condition called compulsive overeating. So these 12 steps are more than just a list of ideas or suggestions that we read on on this page or on the wall at our local OA meeting. They're a design for living. They're a positive program where I get the opportunity in step 10 to, to look at my disturbances head on. The dishonesty, the selfishness, the resentment and fear which will crop up. The program of recovery, we never rise above being human once we're recovered, but we get an opportunity in step 10 to look at those problems head on, to analyze them, to get down to the causes and conditions through using these same action steps that we do in steps four through nine. So essentially step 10 is a four through nine done very, very quickly to get rid of that disturbance. I like to say that spirituality is essentially the art of remaining undisturbed. And the more I utilize these steps in my life and these directions, the more skilled I have become in this routine. It has become routine. It's become a regular standard of action for me to implement these, uh, these action steps in my life so that I can continue to have this freedom 
And that's exactly what 10, 11, and 12 offer is a way of life, a way of life. We're talking about a positive program, gifts of the program to live happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. I'd like to thank everyone uh, who has shared, especially all our readers, uh, Sally, Sharon, Michelle, uh, Fran, I know is on deck here, Vision for You, um, and then Rose and Margaret. So we will now close with that reading. Uh, Fran, if you would go ahead and read A Vision for You, that would be great. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.